Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step (laughs) Podcast. My name is Gary. And I'm Mike. And this is Daniel. Good to be together again. Yes. Yes, it is. It's been a week or two, so it's good to be back. (laughs) But for some of you, it's just like we never left. (laughs) (laughs) We have a a couple of emails um, that we're going to respond to tonight, and... uh, uh, some of them can be some heavy topics. Oh yeah, so they're they're going to be some. I'm going to read this one. This and uh, this comes from a uh, a concerned mom. Yes. Was that your phone? That, that was his. That was his phone going loud beep. I'm glad we took the opportunity to point it out to everybody. <laughs> I'd like to let the whole listening world know that Gary's phone just made a it's noise. It's true. It's silence yeah. now. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to move forward with this. Okay. Hello. Our 17-year-old son is struggling with an addiction to pornography. Our pastor has labeled it as a sex addiction, and it's something that has plagued him for some time. My son had been listening to your podcast. Shout out. My son has been listening to your podcast, which has been very helpful for him, and he shared with us. However, now we're discovering the knowledge of his struggles with his addiction have gotten out out in the community, and that he's been called a sexual offender, a molester, or a creepy pervert. While... It's true that some people in sexual addictions turn to illegal criminal behavior to satisfy their compulsive need for their high. That comes from from sexual fulfillment. From my understanding, most sex addicts are law-abiding citizens. Is this true, and how can we help change people's perceptions? That's from a concerned mom. That's a a fantastic text or email. Mm -hmm. And thank you for being a concerned mom. Yeah. And shout out to your 17-year-old son who is dealing with his issues at an early age. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm excited to see him get some help. Uh, there are lots of things here that are interesting to uh, to play off of. So let's just dive into this. Um, go ahead. Me? Whoever. Yeah, I, there's some thoughts here. The first thing that the first things that jumped out at me, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, each one of us have had an opportunity to visit with our religious leader of yes. some type and talk about the situation that we're dealing with. And I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I, I didn't get the best advice mm-hmm. in my circumstance. I have a hard time believing that you both came away feeling completely confident that your that your pastor or your religious leader uh, knew something about what your son or what I was dealing with. I certainly didn't have somebody say to me, wow, I think what you're struggling with here is a sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. I took a professional to identify that. And I, my experience is, is that most religious leaders do or do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, they, don't, they don't necessarily know a, a good diagnosis do they say that's sexual addiction. Yeah. Um, I know this. I know that at some point in time, um, many a young man is introduced to the topic of pornography. Many young men and young women, I guess I should say, are introduced to the idea of, to the topic of pornography. And where that becomes an addiction, something to that level, I don't know when that happens. Um, and I don't, know, I don't believe a religious leader knows when that happens. I think that requires a professional diagnosis. Mm-hmm. There's also a little bit of um, self-determination there, too. 
I mean, you have to you have to work through it, and then that's right. then kind of own that. That's right. You know, that's right. So I I guess my point in bringing that up, the reason I bring that up is is because I don't know about your son whether he's experiencing a sexual addiction. He's experiencing something that I think all seventeen year old boys are probably experiencing. In my in my experience right mm-hmm. now, that seems to be what's going on. Um, to say that he's absolutely addicted to porn may or may not be the case, but it would be great to get him some professional help if he is. Yeah. I think that's the key to it. Um, it's interesting that we always refer to a religious leader when these things kind of come up, uh, and I think that's a that's an interesting anomaly for all of us. I think that's universal. I'm going to go to my religious leader to find out about this particular thing. The difficult part about this is is that this information became public. Yeah. Um, now we don't know how that happened. True. No, we don't. And and do you know what? When all of my stuff came out, you know, rumors flew around my community and I'm speculation sure. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure that you. Oh yeah. No, Daniel, I experienced I say, that you probably as well. Had I mean, my, that. my neighborhood. You know, they found out. And, I mean, we I know where that came from. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's still not easy, even when you know where yeah. it's coming from. Uh, yeah. You know, because there are you know, like this mom is has noted here. You know, people have their own perception of it, and they most often it's a very negative perception. Right. And right. instead of taking the time to learn about it and identify, you know what is true and what isn't out there yeah. they they just go along with that because yeah. of those negative perceptions and it, it's not easy to deal with no it's not I'll, this go ahead i was <laughs> i was going to relate my own personal story i apologize mm-hmm. about this but uh i work with a, a family member and we were to lunch with some my parents and i have an older brother who is uh who who has something to do with he's a counselor in the universe of of uh and, and has something to do with with counseling uh sexual offenders or something along those lines but but my mother is has a great relationship and we were sitting at lunchtime and she's talking about how he's he's leading these groups of what she called sexual perverts or or you know and i thought i thought i was going to fall out of my chair <laughs> just because of how uncomfortable it was my mother has no idea obviously of the issues that i struggle mm-hmm. with she doesn't listen to my podcast that's for certain so so um I hear these words. I hear this sexual offender, molester, creepy, pervert kind of stuff. And, and instantly, anybody who's dealing with this kind of issue struggles with that. And so to hear it from my own mother was really was really hard. Um, but she doesn't know the kind of people that are struggling with these things, which is mm. really everyday kind of folks, including yeah. her own family, her own mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I hear those things, and it always just makes me um, cringe a little bit. I think the other piece of that too is is that you don't ever see anybody on social media saying, "Look at me, I'm you know four years, two months, and seven days clean of sexual addiction." You just don't see that. No. But you do that all the time with alcohol and with food addictions and with drug addictions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And the reason for that is is just this very kind of bias that goes on. Mm. Yeah. Because I, you know, uh, you know, it's one reason we have anonymity. I know if in my circumstance, if I were to come out and start saying that. Yeah. There would probably be some people in my neighborhood or, you know, my inner, my circle, my community, that may not appreciate that and may That's be right. really upset um, over right. that and start saying those things. And it's really sad that there's that really perception of negativity with this addiction, because if people were 
not as negative. I think more people would come out and say, I got a problem. I've got a problem. Yeah, I'm doing you know, this and that, stuff here. And I think that's what hinders a lot of people from going and stepping up and saying, hey, I have a problem. Be- yeah. You know, and seeking help because there's this negative uh, perception. You know, I took the opportunity to reach out to our mutual counselor about this particular email. Oh, oh okay. Because he and I have had the discussion about um, how addiction is a dynamic kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that it typically does intensify. Mm-hmm. But he also, in a number of the groups uh, that I've been to, um, numbers don't bear out that that uh, sex addicts become sexual predators right. Mm-hmm. right right you know that has most most of my understanding now keep in mind that i'm not a professional sure but sure but uh, i believe that most of that comes out from um abuse more physical mental yeah. emotional abuse kind of stuff in the childhood however um he uh shane did share some thoughts Okay. And I think I'll just go ahead and, and read his thoughts because I thought that they were very helpful. Yeah. In okay. fact, all right. He said, she is correct. And unfortunately, whatever community she is living in is probably a significantly sheltered Christian community where people are not opening up about the reality of the issues in their own lives, much less their communities. It is, this, it is a tough one when communities are not supportive this way. Her son is doing the right thing, and she is doing the right thing as well. The therapy will need to address their resilience and build up the strength and support within themselves to withstand that barrage. As they continue to improve, they will probably be surprised how many people approach them in secret to admit they too are struggling. Oh, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. If only, <clears throat> if only she had, you know, if the, if the. If the you know we're able to peer into everybody's mm-hmm. personal lives, we'd realize and, just how many people are dealing with those kinds of issues. And in my own experience, it was very very strange to me because you know uh, my story circulated very wide in uh, in my religious community and sure. my neighborhood and things like sure. that. And there were all kinds of things said, and there was all kinds of speculation. And quite honestly, it was awful. But at the same time, I thought. Well, that's not true. In fact, the truth is far worse <laughs> in most of what I heard. But, but, um, and that went on for a little while. And I remember now, I I was working with my religious leader at the time, and he had had a little more experience with this, and he mm-hmm. was very wise in a lot of his counsel, you know. And he said, there will be there will be rumors and there will be talk mm-hmm. and there's not a lot you can do about it right. you just have to do what you need to do and you have to stay the course right but it was interesting to me as i did that i took that advice and as i did that and um i did it in such a way i did it in such a way so people who if they were paying attention would see the difference mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it took about a, a little over a year, maybe a year and a half, and then loads of people started coming to me. Right, right. You know, they would come and they would they would say, oh, you know, my husband is dealing with this problem. What yeah. should I do? Or, oh, I'm dealing with this problem. Or, oh, my son is dealing with this problem. Yeah. So there's a lot of wisdom in what he says. And sometimes, sometimes you have to be the brave one and sometimes you have to be the first one. Right. 
That's right. But and it's unfortunate that he happens to be mm-hmm. 17 years old. That's a lot to carry. Yeah. And it's you know a family that loves him dearly and wants mm-hmm. only the best mm-hmm. for him. So that, that's a tough situation. I understand. I think Shane hit on something that's really credi- incredibly important too, and this is a dynamic disease. Yeah. Um, to say that, to say that uh, most of these individuals are law-abiding citizens. Well, we're sitting at a table right now with three of us, who, by all rights and circumstances, broke the law. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, whether we are caught or not. So the point being is, is that where your 17-year-old son is right now isn't where he's going to be when he's. 35 or 40 mm-hmm. if he stays the course of his addiction well, and especially so, since he's working on it now that's right that's yeah. right now i'm not suggesting that he's going to run out and do something illegal or he's going to do anything you know horribly or he's not going to be a child molester i'm not suggesting any of those things and yet those things happen to people mm-hmm. if that makes sense so we're sitting here at a table of three people who who uh, who have broken the law uh, through mm-hmm. their sexual addiction some have been caught some have not uh, but the point being is, is that, uh, um, you know, the activity that I was engaged in was very much illegal. And had it been made public, uh, had it been made public, it had been very, it had been devastating. Yeah. I do want to point something out and sure. I don't want to be the bad guy. You're already the bad guy. I know. <laughs> but if he's 17 years old and he's viewing pornography, oh, he's, prob- he's, uh, he's, he's probably, technically, he's probably breaking the law. law. Well, it depends on the state. He's it does in. depend on the state. Yeah. Yeah. But, but my point is, my point is, is. Well, you have to be real about, what, about, about right. what you're dealing with. And I found for myself, remember how I told you that I tried to live my life in such a way mm-hmm. that, that people who were paying attention could see. Yeah. And when I was confronted with things like that, I would try, and this took a whole lot. This was really, really hard. But it, I would say yes and or no, you're not exactly right, but this is the situation and this is what I'm doing about it. You know, and I found that if I was humble and forthright and honest, that doesn't mean that I spilled my whole story to everybody who right. said anything, especially right. those who just wanted to satisfy their own yeah. curiosity. But but I found that, that typically to face it forthrightly was a much, much better strategy. Yeah, I think that's You know true. what I mean? And And it took a lot of the took a lot of the sting out of it when I would own it and say, yeah, but here's what I'm doing about it. And this mm-hmm. is what I've learned. Yeah. You know, and reality of it is, is that it's so prevalent. It is so prevalent in our society and it's so accessible that I would say, I would say that at one point or another, every person, especially youth, it's not a question of if it's a question of when, when. and right. how. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get it. In fact, I've had this conversation with all of my kids. You're going to run across this. This is an issue to one degree or another you're going to deal with and have to, you know, make some decisions about. Right. So to pretend that, you know, he he's an isolated case is, it's not no, real. No, I'm yeah. sure he is even real. I mean, when we were younger, you had to literally go find it. Yeah for it to, to come into your world um, or you, know, you had a buddy that hey come look mm-hmm. at it or you know some manner it you had to go f- to it mm-hmm. right now it's literally sitting in your pocket yeah i mean with, it'll find you you know with cell phones uh now i mean they're mi- miniature computers that are in your pocket you yeah. know most kids have tablets now for school or chromebooks mm-hmm. and is 
you know, and I know the school districts and that have them locked down, but a smart enough kid can bypass stuff. Right, right. You know, it's not that hard anymore to find this stuff. It's just everywhere. It is. Um, so, you know, one a part of me definitely feels sorry that this kid is being made the pariah of the community right. when more than likely several of his friends oh, are, yeah. are dealing with it too. Or and probably are, the most vehement in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Ones who are the, yeah. Because as we've listened to our common counselor tell us that this is sort of in a lot of cases, it's a mirror reflection, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, those people who are, who are so out casting there. Stones, casting stones. Casting yeah. stones with, with all vigor and, and, you know, enthusiasm in a lot of cases are the ones who are probably struggling the very most in their own personal life with that. Mm. So I think that's, I didn't mean to cut you off. There, no, no, that's, that's exactly where I was going. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, it's just really sad. It is. I think something else that we haven't really quite addressed is, I don't know, you know, just looking over this email, it says that uh, he's been struggling out with it for some time, and obviously he's being proactive in trying to address it because he's going yeah. to his pastor. And, yeah. He's and listening to our podcast. He's listening to our podcast. He's talking with it about his parents. He's doing yeah. a lot he's doing right. A lot. Yeah. yeah. He's a great you know? kid. Great so kid. If, if it's something... If it's something If it's something that you're that you're struggling with, you know, I just I feel like I need to remind you or counsel you that it's um, it's not a cessation of behavior, and then you're okay. You right. need to address the underlying yeah. whys, okay? And you know, could be schoolwork. Yeah, could, could be, be schoolwork. Could be stuff, you know, friends. A, a lot of times, a lot of times you start out, you know, because. It's, of curiosity or pleasant sensation mm-hmm. and yeah. so, you know you do it to feel good and then eventually you find yourself doing it so that you don't feel bad and yeah. then that's right it gets a lot of different directions yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it could go in, in a lot of yeah. ways i mean maybe there's some bullying going on that we don't know about mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know maybe there has been some abuse um i mean there, there's a, definitely a lot of things uh that is the one thing i'm most grateful for you know with going working with shane and mm-hmm. the program that he runs is you know because i i buried all of that from my childhood sure, it was like sure. just throw in a closet bury it sink it to the bottom of the ocean which made you you know you know you're thinking about it you're wondering how on earth could i possibly be anything but a sex addict yeah That's all mm-hmm. that i had to bury oh well, yeah history. and you know and if it started bubbling to the surface i needed something to push it back That's down right. that's right um but you know when i met with shane he's like you know yeah the acting out is just the band-aid right. we need to figure out or That's the cool. cough we need to figure out what is causing it mm. and so we started digging into it and as i worked on that the more and more i worked on those core things that were that i'd been burying for years and running from it started getting easier to right. deal with that and when you know those thoughts or sensations would come up it would just it was it wasn't this strong thing of like I, you know, you do it, and then suddenly, like, oh man, it was like second nature to jump to that. Now it's just like, yeah. uh, no, I'm going to choose something else. Yeah. And then it just mm. became to got to a point where it just wasn't uh, that big of an issue. I could feel those thoughts, I, or I could feel those emotions, and have those thoughts, and realize I just needed to work through them yeah. mm. instead yeah. of run from them. Yeah. Um, so there might be something that is going on that's fueling his need because you're right he probably started out with fascination mm. and now there's something that's fueling this need so i think but again that's going to take a professional to diagnose yeah. that's not and a that's not something that you just walk into a pastor and say hey this is sexual addiction because 
X. I'm yeah. trying to escape whatever. That's that requires a professional yeah. to unpack. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of diagnosis I think would be worthwhile to get. Yeah. No, and I totally agree because I mean I've gone to my religious leaders so many times over right. the years, right. and it wasn't until I went to one that literally said I don't know how to do this, but mm-hmm. I know someone that could, does. Yeah. that could help you along the way. You know, and that's when I was introduced to Gary mm. and then things just started the dominoes started falling into place yeah, yeah. Um, because he he didn't know mm-hmm. but the next person did and Gary knew get what to, to do help. and he directed mm-hmm. me to Shane and it just it worked out um, and so uh, that's definitely I would suggest you know therapists a CSAT therapist to yeah. help yeah. do you know what I, I was thinking about it. I remember I remember when I was a teen, I went to my religious leader and explained that I was struggling with mm-hmm. some stuff. And, and he gave the best advice that he could give me. And, and it, was, it was woefully inadequate, but it probably was really the best advice that he could give me because that's what he had to give. And he just said, you know, don't do it again. The Lord loves you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of left it at that. And, you know, so I tried really hard you know, not to do it again, but sure. But and then as, as that, as I failed to do that, I began to internalize that, you know, there was something wrong with me. I was broken. Mm-hmm. I was broken because, you know, so, but he did the best he could with what he had. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, um, this young man, do you know what? It might be you. It, it might be you. Maybe you're, being called upon or, or, you know, you need to rise up and get good information. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a parent. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the best things that you can do to, uh, to give yourself a little confidence is if you have good information, then when you hear things like, oh, you're a pervert or you're this or you're that or you're the other, then you can say, do you know what? I can understand why somebody might think that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but here's, here's the, here are the facts. Here's the reality of what this actually looks yeah, like, right. you know? And if, if you can, if you can equip yourself by going to, you know, uh, getting a good therapist and, and, you know, and it sounds like you've got already a fantastic support group, then, then when those things do come, and they do come, I mean, we, to one degree or another, we all experienced it. And do you know what? I'm sure that I've got some of that in my futures too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure that I'm not done with that because I share my story a lot, and I'm sure that people have differing opinions. Mm-hmm. But if you can, you know, you you might be the one that gets the information, that learns, and then leads the way, and then people might start coming to you and saying, here's, here's this. Cause you know, my story looks a lot like that. Yeah. You know, we didn't have a, a 12 step in our local area. Right. So we made one. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, a, now we've got two or three. Now we've got two or three. Wow. Yeah. And, and, but somebody had to do that. Yeah. Right. Well, and one thing I'm, I'm wondering, you know, since this, the mom is reaching out, how, can we change the perception mm-hmm. that I was looking over that and I was just thinking, what if she went to the, their pastor and said, Hey, this has become a problem. Mm-hmm. What if we, you know, have a meeting where the parents come and we bring in a therapist that is trained and knowledgeable in this stuff. Um, and, and maybe he can bring some people 
that have overcome this addiction or are working on that and then they can talk right and make it more of a or it's this thing where they become knowledgeable because a lot of these people are reacting out of ignorance obviously Mm -hmm. sure and maybe that would help um yeah, that's a good opportunity for the community and you know the pastor to get involved as, as well, and, and the mom to be able to maybe change some th- some dynamics. I'll tell you what would be fun. Just throwing this out there because I was going to respond to that very point and what she brings up yeah. as well. It's, it's it's an impossibility of changing perceptions, right? I mean, mm-hmm. us running around trying to manage the universe of people that yeah. are out there is going to mm-hmm. be impossible. It's an impossible task, but it yeah. would be fun. I think you've you've hit on something that would be very fun. We'd love to have them as, we'd love to be better. They can communicate with us. I mean, they could have yeah. actually the ability now to actually call in, have a meeting where parents are there to ask any question they want to ask. Yeah. Feel free about asking whatever question it is. We'd be happy to answer, answer whatever question they have about sexual addiction, what it actually feels and what mm-hmm. it's like and what it, what they're dealing with and that sort of thing. I'm, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. It'd be fun to have a, a sort of an interactive panel of some type with that, that kind of a thing. That would be interesting. It would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think what that would happen, what would happen then is, is that uh, uh, it would dispel a whole lot of fear. Oh yeah, it would dispel a whole lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. It would help, you know, the entire community understand what it is they're dealing with and how they're probably going about that. And uh, uh, because it is a problem, it's a pervasive problem. We're it not is. talking about, we're not talking about some 17-year-old in an isolated community somewhere in the middle of nowhere, who's who's you know, he's the only one in the whole entire community yeah. that's experiencing this problem because it's just just not the case. And if the pastor were real honest about that, he would say, my word, guess what? You know, there's a whole lot of people that are dealing with this. So anyway, that would be a, that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, no, I, yeah I just, I, I'm so sorry you're in the situation that you're in. No, I agree. Yeah. But one of the things that I love is that, that if you, you ride out and you meet these kind of things, that there's a strange things that happens that that turn these kind of things into experiences sure. that work for your good. Absolute truth. You know what I mean. Absolute truth. Yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, it seems like it's a little bit. It's a little bit rough at the particular point moment in time, but uh, there will be a point in time when people seek him out. Yeah, there will be a, a clear point in time as he's dealing with this at an early age and you know, a few years down the road where he's he's getting some skills and mastering this, and he's going to be well on his way to being. Uh, to have the answers, yeah. To have the answers, so. And there is a lot of power in being uh, an example of n- knowing what to do when when the, no one else knows what yeah. the answers are. Yeah, yeah. That's a true story. That's a true story. So, a couple of things I would recommend early on, just to, just things to to consider. Um, get a get a counselor. I think that's a great idea is to find a counselor in your area, a CSAT trained counselor. Uh, have him spend some time uh, getting a professional diagnosis about his addiction and where he's at with that. Not saying he is or he isn't, but to mm-hmm. get get a professional involved. A um, couple of things he can do to you know do whatever it is he needs to do to to block the pornography. Obviously, we've talked about first order change. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. those are some some great podcasts of ours to listen to. I think he could experience some first order change and probably be uh, and probably be a long way down the road. I know we've talked also about. Uh, um, you know, the antidote to addiction is and addictive behavior is connection. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's got an incredibly strong uh, network of family and friends that are interested in his success. So obviously paying attention to what you can do to help him out with those particular things, he's going to find all kinds of success in that. 
Um, just just some obvious stuff, I think. Any other suggestions you might have for a 17-year-old boy who's struggling? Don't give up. Oh, absolutely. Don't give up. Yeah, Do you know what? There's a little part of me that wishes like crazy that I had the opportunity to address this when I was 17. Exactly. Oh, yeah. With some good information. And, exactly. oh, that would have been really, really nice. That would have been a game changer, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about now, I mean, despite the fact that it is the most easiest to get this stuff, it's also the easiest to get help. Right. Mm. Because, you know, when we were kids, it wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, so there's tons of CSAT trained therapists out there that can help you. There are 12 step groups that are actually out yeah. there to address this. Uh, so there's a lot of resources and help and material to, to help you overcome this. Um, but yeah, and Gary's right. The biggest thing is don't give up. Right. You know, um, the even on the hardest days when it just feels like the you know the your entire community is against you, just um, you know. I don't want to say this where it sounds like egotistical or prideful, but, you know, show them up, you know, be true to you, overcome um, this addiction by finding recovery, fi then finding sobriety, and then showing to them that, wow, despite him having this, he didn't turn out to be any of the things we accused That's him right. of. Mm -hmm. And look at the pillar of the community he's become he's a great kid you know he's a great kid and it's possible it definitely is this is just a small speed bump in your life because you're starting so early mm -hmm. yeah. um you know where i started so late it was more <laughs> a really large hurdle yeah. um so start making these changes now put implementing you know safety plans and good healthy um things into your life right and you'll be able to overcome this a lot faster than we were able to because mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. such a smaller gap to overcome yeah. uh, better resilience yeah yeah and do you know what i i'll share a piece with my story and i'm i'm not sharing this to, to toot my own horn either but do you know what the the religious community where these where these rumors kind of flew around for a while and and mm -hmm. you know that eventually faded and then people started coming out of the woodworking asking me and then you know what i actually got the opportunity to share my story in my religious community you mm -hmm. know uh, from you know i got to to talk about my experience and and actually talk about my recovery and and and, and it was it was miraculous to me that, that some of the very same people who out of maybe fear or ignorance mm -hmm. had participated in this you know were you know inspired and different and you know and actually a lot of them were people that i ended up helping right <laughs> you right. know so so you know as as rough as this is i want you to i want you to do what you need to do to get yourself in a good place, but view this as a, as the beginning of an adventure, you right. know, your own heroic journey. You're, you're being called to action. You're being called to action. And, and if you follow up on this, you might be surprised where it leads you, mm -hmm. you know what? And, and you might be instrumental in helping who knows how many people overcome. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That stuff's real. Oh, it's so real. Yeah. And I, I'd say that goes along the line with mom. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, she's definitely protective of her little cub by sure. sending this email out. But at the same time, um, 
you know that would you, it even though her son wasn't able to e- send the email in you know thank you for you know putting this out there so mm-hmm. at least he could hear yeah and maybe others can hear it that are struggling in the same place as your son is. Do you know what? Before we sign off, all of our comments have been kind of directed toward the son. Maybe we have some advice for the mom. Any thoughts? Keep up the keep up the vigilant good work. Yeah. I don't know. That's, she's, she's just phenomenal. I, w- I would I say think. it's not going to hurt you at all to get some good information. Yeah. Either, right. You no, know? right. It's not. Uh, go ahead and read some of... Uh, some of uh, some of these materials that we like so much. Go ahead and, and read, you know, Gentle Path and read, you know, all of Karn's books and, and you're and, gonna get some good information helpful. too. Yeah. Yeah. Very helpful stuff. And I'd also say, you know, be loving, mm-hmm. be t- tender, kind. Uh, but also if he relapses or, you know, stumbles, that's when he needs the love the most. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, anger is just gonna you know, build that shame wall. It's just mm-hmm. going to push them further away. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean you're condoning what's happening. Just you need to come at it from a loving space, and that helps a lot. Yeah, you definitely need to, to know exactly what you're going to do Yeah. when this happens. So you need to sit down and write down a plan, too, if or when this elapse or relapse kind of a thing yeah. happens. You'll know exactly what it is you're doing. And, and then also don't fall into the trap of thinking, thinking that if a, a relapse does occur that now you're starting from square one. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, not, it's, yeah. That doesn't work that way. Nope, nope. Nothing is lost. Nothing That's, is lost. That is the one thing that I love the most uh, with this program because every time I felt like, oh, I'm back to square one. i got to start all over. Yeah. Yeah. And then it seemed like the mountain was so much taller because more stuff was heaped on it. Then, and then it, through here it's like, nope. I learned quite a bit. I'm halfway up the mountain. I can keep going. Yeah, I can keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think this mom has done a spectacular job by mm-hmm. reaching out and saying, hey, my son has this problem. He has yeah. help. He needs help. This is what's going on. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, agreed. Pay attention to his moods. Pay yes. attention to him when he's isolating. Pay attention to when he's, uh, you know, those are those are classic signs mm-hmm. that something's up. Yeah. Um, again, if, if the antidote to addiction is, is connection, um, be the connector, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there are times that you can, you know, don't let him isolate in his room. Don't let him, you know, have him out with friends, have him out with, with people. And uh, I know that's really hard with a teenager it is. It is. <laughs> at times. Yeah. Uh, have him out with, uh, you know, make certain that you're having dinner at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Have a chance that's to a visit. huge one. Yeah, just, just basic stuff like that that didn't keep you interacting with him because all of those things are going to be, uh, redeeming and positive, and uh, and make him feel connected and and doing well. And those are gonna that's gonna help a ton. So you just meet him where he's at, wherever he's at, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and be helpful to him in those regards. He's uh, you know he's dealing with some big issues. He's dealing with some big issues. But again, he's on the front end of this, and I think he has an opportunity to catch it early. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's not necessarily going to be so ingrained in his in his young mind. He'll have an opportunity to get over that, implement some first order changes in his world, and. Um, and he'll he'll blossom he'll blossom a lot it'll be great so i think we're uh uh, i think we've reached the end of our podcast here we've got to wrap this up so with that uh, this is mike saying do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring this is gary saying do the next right thing and this is daniel saying find the humility in your recovery thank you for listening to the podcast if you like this episode Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone 
who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.